With your copy of the Bible or with your device, I want to invite you to join me in the Old Testament book of Joshua. Joshua comes after Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, those first five books of the Bible. Right after that, we find the book of Joshua. I am going to begin reading in chapter 1 with verse 1. Out of respect for God and his word, will you stand with me as I read? Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Verse 6, so be strong, Joshua, and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then... Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. This is one of the great transition passages found in Scripture where we have detailed for us a transfer of leadership from Moses to Joshua. And that's exactly what we find in chapter 1. There's a transfer of leadership from these two individuals beyond the organizational structure of this, which in and of itself is a fascinating study. I believe there are some interesting things that we can learn that will help all of us be better together. This is the final week of volume two of Better Together, and I hope and pray that you have enjoyed returning to this theme that has also been our one-year goal as a church, that we would truly be better together, and I think Joshua chapter 1 has something to say about how we can continue the process of acting that way. <clears throat> In week one of our time together, the key word was belonging. And we talked about the beauty 
and the value of belonging to the historic faith community and how that is a necessary thing for all of us to belong to the church. In week two, the key word was truth. And we talked about the value of standing with Jesus, who is truth. A lot of different definitions of what truth may be, but what we discovered is we can, and we should have confidence in standing with Jesus because he is the one who stated, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So truth, we stand with Jesus who is truth. So week one, keyword belonging. Week two, keyword truth. Our keyword for our final Sunday is the word with. And we find this in two different sections of chapter one. Verse five says, for I will be with you. And this is the Lord talking to Joshua. There's a transfer of leadership. Moses is no longer here. You're the leader now, Joshua. And I want you to know I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. What a promise, right? And then we find in verse 9, For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's with you, with God, Joshua. He will be with you. And as we move through our time together today, we will come to understand this promise is for everyone who trusts in the leadership and forgiveness that Jesus offers. He is with us as well. So our key word is with. I want to share a big idea and then let's think about this. Here's our big idea for today. We are better together when operating under the truth that God is with us. Okay? We are just better together when we operate under the truth that God is with us. Now, that may not be new information for you. In fact, if you have walked with God and practiced the way of Jesus, you know this to be true, of course. God is with us on good days and bad days and everything in between, even when we can't see it and even when we can't feel it, we know that God is at work and he is with us. But I will say this, it is good to be reminded of what is valuable and understanding and I would submit even beyond understanding, living this way, that God is with us, well, this is a valuable thing for everyone here to remember. So I want to go back to the text and pull out some thinking points, and then we'll get to our takeaways. Here's thinking point number one. Joshua chapter one deals with the leadership transition from Moses to Joshua. So we're not going to take time to review all of this, but Moses was the leader that God used to bring his people out of slavery and bondage and oppression after years of suffering in Egypt. Moses is the one who led that great effort, and you can read all about that in the book of Exodus. 
But as we see in chapter 1, Moses is no longer alive, and Joshua is the new leader, and that may seem like a normal thing, right? It's a transfer of leadership. This happens all of the time. There's one leader, and he or she either passes or is done with their term, and a new leader comes into that particular position. This happens constantly, this kind of transfer of leadership. I think it can be easy to overlook, though, that in the ancient world, and I would say even in the modern world, any transition of leadership can cause a lot of problems. We know this to be true. Biblical scholar Craig Keener noted on the dynamics of this transition at this particular time. So keep in mind, we're dealing with the ancient world. And he says this about that particular time. Of all such transitional periods, the most dangerous are those in which the transition is not dynastic, but involves the enthronement of a ruler unrelated to his or her predecessor. The point being, Joshua was not related to Moses. And that's exactly what we find here. There's not a connection by blood. He's not related to Moses, yet Joshua is going to be the next leader. And he's dealing with a new nation, a newly formed nation. That had the tendency, and you can read all about this in Scripture, to complain a bit here and there. They also had the tendency, like all of us, to forget about the provision and the presence of God. Like, we know he worked in the past, but I'm not so sure he can do anything today. And they struggled with remembering the presence and the provision of God. And now you have a new leader who's not related to the other leader who was very successful. This has all of the elements of a disaster, but God, right? But God. Thinking point number two, the flow of thought in Joshua chapter one is remarkable because God assures Joshua that he is not alone. He's not alone. So I want you to think about the flow of thought as described here in Joshua chapter one for us because It helps us to understand the depths of what God gave to Joshua, what he promised him, and also what he promises to us as well. And we'll get to that in just a moment. So Joshua, the Lord comes to him and he says specifically, Joshua, here's the deal. I will be with you. Like that's a really important thing for us to know in the flow of thought in Joshua chapter 1. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to neglect you. I will be with you. And we find that phrase a few different times. As a matter of fact, he compares it to how I was with Moses. And Joshua would have known that. He would have understood, oh yeah, God was with Moses and how this is how all of this has happened. Our freedom as a nation and we're right here on the edge of the promised land. God was with Moses and now he's saying to me, He will be with me as well. That would have been very encouraging for Joshua to hear. And then in the flow of thought, we find God saying 
to Joshua, guess what? I will not forsake you. Some versions use that phrasing. Our version that I read from talks about, I will not abandon you. I will not neglect you. And in the construction of the sentence, it means you will not be deserted. Right? So this is great. Joshua, I am with you. Just like I was with Moses, I will be with you. And guess what? Forsake? It's not going to (laughs) happen. It's not going to happen, Joshua. I will not do that. I will not abandon you. I will not desert you. I am with you. So based on that, what we know in the flow of thought here in the text is that God looks at Joshua and he says, here's what I want for you based on the fact that I am with you and forsaking you is not part of the plan. It's just not going to happen. I want you, Joshua, to be strong and courageous. That's what I want for you. And I know some of you are looking at the word courageous to see if I spelled it right. I think it's close, at least. So God looks at Joshua. Because I'm with you, and because I will not abandon you or desert you, here's your challenge. You be strong, Joshua. You be courageous. Here's something that's interesting. In the text, if you look, God actually says that to Joshua three times. Like Joshua, just in case you didn't pick up on it the first time, I want to remind you once again, be strong, be courageous. Okay, Joshua, one more time. I need this for you. Be strong and courageous. And you can do that because I am with you and I will not abandon you or desert you. Be strong and courageous. God says that three times to Joshua as a way to bolster his confidence. And then there's something interesting we find here that God looks at Joshua and says, and here's something else that I want for you. You be strong and courageous. And then this book of the law or this book of instruction, which I believe the Lord is referring to the writings of Moses. I want you to spend time in that book of the law. You do that, Joshua, and don't depart to the right. Don't depart to the left. That's not a good idea. But you stay in this book of instruction, for as you do that, then you will have success. Okay, this is just a wonderful flow of thought. Joshua, I am with you. I will not forsake you. So because of that, you be strong and courageous. Don't forget about the book of the law and you spend time in it. Don't depart from it because this is where success in life will be for you. And then the whole section ends with God one more time saying to Joshua, hey, buddy, don't forget Please don't forget that I am with you. I am with you. The flow of thought here is really significant, and we have to understand this if we're going to apply this into our lives 
and come to a sense of how we can be better together as well. God was with Joshua and he said, I'm not going to forsake you. I will not desert you. It's not part of my nature. Because of that, you be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And the writings of Moses, this book of instruction, don't depart from it. You will need it. And oh, one more time, let me say to you, I will be with you. That is the flow of thought, and it's incredible and helpful for us to know. Thinking point number three. While Joshua chapter one is directed to Joshua, the totality of scripture is that God is with us. Scripture is something to keep, and we do not have to fear. So we must understand, as we observe this, these are specific commands given to Joshua. Joshua, I am with you. I will not desert you. Be strong and courageous. Stay in the writings of Moses, and don't forget, I really am with you. This is specifically given to Joshua, But when you look at the totality of Scripture, when you go from the front to the back, including specific passages directed to believers in Jesus Christ, we come to understand that God is with us as well. And Scripture is something to keep, and it's something for us to invest in, in a regular kind of way. And we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear. So let's think about these elements. God is with us. So much so that God sent his only son to put on human flesh. And his name, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So this isn't just for Joshua. This is for all of us as well, and we will celebrate Advent in the month of December and be reminded once again that up there came down here, God put on human flesh to be with us, not to be some distant God who doesn't care and doesn't want to interact with us and our hurts and our pains and our successes. No, he is a God who is interested and he is with us. We need to keep that in mind today with everything that we experience and everything that we encounter, that God is here. He is with us. He's with us. Scripture is something to keep. I love what we discover in Psalm 119. It talks about how I have hidden God's word in my heart. Like I'm embedding it there. I'm thinking about it, and I'm memorizing it. Why? Well, that particular verse goes on to say, so that I will not sin against God. Quite an amazing thought. So I take the word of God, or as we think about what the Lord said to Joshua, you stay in the writings of Moses, and we have all of Scripture to enjoy now today. You take this and you embed it. You put it on the inside. You think about it constantly. You spend time in it. You memorize it so that 
We will not sin against God. This is one of the reasons why every year in January, we start with life verse, and we encourage everyone here, find a verse or two that you can claim as your own and anchor your soul upon for this year and memorize it. Because this is not just something to do. Scripture in us is a way to live. And it does bring the blessing of God into our lives. So I think the question for all of us, do you want the blessing of God? You probably do. Well, then let's make sure that Scripture is something we keep. And that's one of the things that falls out of this particular thinking point. And then we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear because God is with us And here's why this is great news. I think understanding this, that God is with us and scripture is something to keep and we don't have to fear, is something that does allow us as followers of Jesus Christ today to be better together. We can function this way as a result of what God provides and by studying what he gave to Joshua. Let me roll out some takeaways for us as we consider this. So for the mature Christ follower, for the new follower of Jesus, and for the skeptic, I think this takeaway is for all of us. Here we go. Number one, if you have trusted in Jesus, God is with us. And again, sometimes we just have to be reminded of valuable things. Like God really is with us. If we have trusted in him, again, he's not a distant God who doesn't care. He is with us. And maybe it's been a long time since you have considered this. Maybe it's been a really long time since you have even stated this. That God is with me. Because maybe it doesn't feel like it's true for you. For whatever reason just doesn't feel true to you that God is actually here and he is with me and supporting me and loving me and holding me. For whatever reason, maybe that just doesn't feel like it's true for you or maybe the noise of life has just kind of pushed that thought that God is with us into the background and it's a non-important thing. May we recognize today that the God of Joshua is our God today, and he is with us. He's with us. And God forsaking us, God neglecting us or abandoning us or deserting us, forget about it. It's not in his character to do that. So may we remember the God of Joshua. He is still with us. And I would encourage you to do this. Get a few God is with me stories or some God winks that you know to be true for you and kind of put them in your pocket. And when you have these days where you wonder, is God really here? And does God specifically care about me? And is he interested in me? Because here's what I'm facing or here's what I'm walking through at this particular time. You pull out these stories of God's provision and presence in the past. And we stand on that knowing that he is real and he is still with us today. In preparing for this, I thought of some God stories that I often look back on my life where 
I sense, you know what? That reminds me, God is with me. And he was in the past and he'll do it again today. Way back in the day, back in the 90s, when I was a student ministry pastor programming for students in 6th through 12th grade, and that was just a, a wonderful time of life in a couple of different churches where I served, I had the chance to take a group of kids from Indiana to Cedar Point Amusement Park in Ohio, one of the great American amusement parks. It's just incredible. It sits out on Lake Erie. It's beautiful and has some of the best roller coasters really in the world. So we took a big group of students. We're going to have fun and let's just go and we'll enjoy this day. So we get to Cedar Point and it was kind of a stormy day, but we thought that was good because maybe there'll be less people here and we can get on rides in a faster kind of way. So we weren't too bothered by the storms. Well, we got there and it gets a little more intense and the wind picks up and we're walking down a corridor. I was with Tanya and a small group of students and other students are scattered all over the park having a great time. We walk down this corridor and we see a big group of people running at us. And they have a terror-looking component on their faces. Like they're frightened. And when you see a large group running at you, that's frightened, like, you know, what's happening here? Well, we look up into the sky at that moment and we see a funnel forming into what appeared to be a legitimate tornado. And people are running who knows where. They're just trying to get out of the way. So my first thought was, oh my goodness. I have kids that don't belong to me all over this park and we're going to get sucked up into this thing and what do I share with parents about this? That was my first thought. Then the second thought is, you know, Tanya's here. We've got a small group of students. We need to get inside somewhere. So we ducked into the nearest thing, which was an arcade surrounded by all glass. <laughs> to which I thought, well, this is brilliant. I'm going to wake up from this and have a shard of glass right in my neck. This isn't good. I would like to say to you that in that moment, I got down on my knees and I prayed that God would deliver us somehow. I don't think that happened. I don't even remember praying. I just remember thinking this is a really bad scenario. And wouldn't you know, it really wasn't a tornado. It was more of a water spout that formed out on Lake Erie. Cedar Point juts out into Lake Erie. And so as soon as that water spout hit land, it really wasn't able to survive. It dissipated quickly and we went on with the rest of the day and it was wonderful. But in the moment, it felt like a full-blown tornado. And this is going to be a really bad scene. Really bad scene. I look back on that and whether it was a water spout or a tornado, who really knows, it could have been ugly. I think about that scene, and we took a picture of it, and that tornado, that water spout, was actually a big picture in our student ministry room. And we would constantly look at that and say, you know what, God was with us, and he helped us survive what could have been ugly. I think about that story often, as God's with me. Even if I don't cry out to him, God is with me. Recently, I have another story of just with my own chair time, my own worship time with God, studying scripture and reading a book and sensing that God was poking me a little bit in a specific area of my life. It was something that I needed to do. And I didn't like that. It didn't feel great. 
And often for me, when I have those kinds of personal worship times, I'll say, eh, let me close the Bible and the book and I'll move on and kind of forget about this. But on that day, I couldn't do it. I had to sit in it. And I look back at that more recent time as God being with me while I sat and studied and wrestled and was confronted with a way that God wanted to deeply form me to live out the way of Jesus, and I wasn't doing it. And I look back on that particular chair time, again, even though it didn't feel really good, as God is with me, he's with me, still shaping me, still pushing me, and still encouraging me to change into the image of Christ. I would encourage everybody here, you get some stories of God being with you because there will be days where you absolutely need that. And it may be all that you have to stand on, but it will be enough to remind us of the presence and the provision of God and then allow us to move forward with confidence like Joshua. That's takeaway number one. If you trusted in Jesus, let's remember God is with us. Get a few stories to remind you of his presence and provision. Here's takeaway number two. Do not fear. Do not fear. Fear is certainly interesting, isn't it? We all encounter it to some degree. Writing for Johns Hopkins University Press, John Hollander developed some research related to fear and created a list of items that we all tend to fear. It includes fear of one's own death, fear of pain and other bodily suffering, fear of loss of liberty, fear of change, fear of the unknown. And these are certainly fears that we all experience at some point. But he goes on to ask the question, where is the boundary between being in fear and being prudent? Like sometimes fear helps us to act in wise ways. So where is the boundary between being crippled by fear and being prudent? Well, I believe for the follower of Jesus, when we allow fear to keep us from doing the next right thing that is clear to us, we are not acting in prudent ways. And we need these words from God that he gave to Joshua and he gives to all of us as well. Do not fear. Do not fear. And then we need to attach the first takeaway to it that God is with us and we pull out our stories and we have a wonderful worship time responding to the greatness of God. And when that happens, I believe we are being prudent. By the way, this all happens best in community with others. If we have isolated ourselves, it becomes difficult to have the people around us hold us up and laugh with us and cry with us. This is the beauty of the historic church and the need for it and the value of togetherness that we can help each other overcome our fears. And when that occurs, we certainly are better together. You know, it seems that there is a lot to fear right now, doesn't it? I know I fear for my kids. I fear the sway of culture and how that impacts me as a religious leader. I fear the unknown. 
and you probably have your own list of fears, I do want to say that of chronic fear or debilitating fear is crippling you in some way and you hear all of this, okay, God is with us and do not fear, be strong and courageous, and you understand that intellectually. But if it all sounds a bit like fantasy island to you because of chronic fear, I believe it would be wise for you to seek professional help. And here at Valley Point Church, we have ways to assist you with that. I would encourage you, if you're not able to bridge that gap and get to God being with us because of chronic fear, you reach out to us as a church and we'll come alongside you and provide you resources that I believe will help. May we not forget though, the consistent theme throughout scripture is God whispering to us, I will not forsake you. I will not desert you or abandon you. I can't do it. It's not in my nature. It's not in my character. I am with you. And may we consider the words of biblical scholar Robert Mulholland Jr. who says this, here is the ultimate ground of our identity. You are a beloved child of God, spoken forth out of the heart of God's love before the foundation of the world. So that's you. If you've trusted in Christ, that's you. It's the ultimate ground of our identity. You are a beloved child of God, spoken forth out of the heart of God's love before the foundation of the world. And may that help you walk with confidence. Back to the big idea. We are better together when operating under the truth that God is with us. You know, we already sang today, I am not alone. I am not alone. You will go before me. You will never leave me. May we come to understand and walk in truth that God is with us and he encourages us as followers to be strong and courageous and we have nothing to fear in him. May that this week give us the confidence to face everything we encounter with eyes on Jesus and a sense of being better together as a community of faith.